Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Darren Tabernum Weekly Podcast Show, where we coach people from the inside out. We'll help you to create an unstoppable winning mindset and in turn, empower others to do exactly the same. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. This is the first episode coaching from the inside out and my name is Dan Tebenham and I'm really really pleased to be uh, giving you some some content each week that I hope genuinely helps to help you to be a better coach yourself you know I think coaching is really really powerful I think coaching can show up in great parenting in great nursing in great doctoring in being a great friend and particularly of course in wellness and well-being in being a great personal trainer or fitness coach so in this first episode i'd like to explore with you and ask the questions really so what is this thing called coaching why is it so damn important and how important is coaching going to become in the future so let's get started with the first question what is coaching? Well, you know, I think coaching can best be understood as the process through which we help another to get crystal clear clarity about where they want to be in whatever aspect or area of their life that they're looking to to change or to improve. And as they do that, we can help compare and contrast that with what they've currently got, what they're currently experiencing in that aspect or element of their life. And when we do so, we create a gap and the gap therefore creates a journey. And as a coach, we help to break that journey down into small steps so that a client can feel more confident to be able to make those first steps and to move towards their end goal. Now, I don't think coaching is necessarily easy. I think there's so many things inherently difficult with what I've just described. For example, most people when asked, so what do you want in terms of your health, weight or fitness? Or what do you want in terms of your career? Or what do you want in terms of your relationships? Or what do you want in terms of your wealth? And what do you want in terms of your life? In fact, what is happiness to you? they can't answer that fundamental question and they can't answer it because there's such a jumble of stuff in their head. There's in their head all the things they think they're supposed to say, all the things that other people say are important in that particular element. In their head is all the here and now stuff that's shouting and screaming them all the time and therefore there's not the space today to be able to figure out you know, what you kind of want in your life and particularly in any particular area of your life that we're talking about. And that's compacted by the fact that we often bury our head in the sand, that what can happen is people are not very aware of what they're currently getting. People actually don't know um, what kind of ruts and difficulties and challenges that they're in um, or can become so normalised to that, just cannot see ever being free from that and therefore entrap themselves in their current job, in their current stress, in their current relationship, in their current state of well-being. And the first role of a coach is to help someone to get free of that, to at least start the dialogue about where they'd rather be, 
where they're currently at and what kind of steps they might be able to make to start to make the journey. And this is really important. It's really important to differentiate this probably from counselling as well. So counselling and therapy in the main spends most of its time in the past. It tries to take people back to different events in their life that have triggered the uh, experience that they're currently struggling with and they take them back to try and understand that and to, and to resolve some of the issues that exist there to better understand and move forward from the present. Whereas a coach really doesn't do that. A coach really starts with the present and they focus most of their attention on moving forwards and making those small steps into the future to distance themselves from whatever might have happened in the past and that as a principle is quite important of course there's overlap and of course there's many counsellors that adopt increasingly more coaching type philosophy and there's plenty of coaches who do spend some time um, looking into the past to try and resolve some unresolved issues that might otherwise be stopping some moves forward but principally that fundamental difference between counselling and therapy and coaching is really important because I think where coaching can show up is in increasingly more informal situations. You see, coaching has the power, I think, to empower another to live their best life like no other profession. And whether that's a great teacher, a nurse, a doctor, a good friend, a fitness professional, a nutrition coach, or a neighbour trying to help another, Coaching can show up as the difference between making a difference and not. And therefore, coaching, I think, is really powerful. And therefore, why is coaching so important was really the next question that I asked. And why is it so important today? Well, there's never been a time in history where people have felt so alone and yet so connected on social media. People have never had more friends, as it were, and yet seek friendship and I think this can leave people feeling very isolated and especially when they look into social media and they see all the smoke and mirrors that kind of give the idea that everyone's already living their best life and everybody else is so happy and is the right weight and is uh, all the things that they aspire to be and to have and of course it's a fallacy it's not how the world is um but as a consequence, people can can feel that um, that sense of um, lack, can feel that sense of isolation, and and this can actually cause a lot of problems. And I think we're seeing a lot of problems now with different sectors of society getting lost in online environments disengaging having less social contact in the real world with real people than ever in the past and while social media clearly has many benefits it also has many drawbacks and therefore more than ever in history i think people are unable to be able to help themselves and i think it's because there's so much help otherwise available i think it's because the world has become such a small and competitive place stress has never been higher we've got more single parent families we've got more families where both parents work we've got um, people working longer hours for less money we've got um, a lot of stress showing up in the world today as well and 
I think because we are less connected, because family values seem to have taken a backseat, because we spend less time with family and friends in the real world, um, we aren't able to reach out so easily than what we might have maybe just 20 or 25 years ago, where if we felt lost or insecure or needy, we could ask a parent or a grandparent or someone that we knew in the community in which we belonged. And today, um, that doesn't occur as much as it has done in the past. And when people reach out to friends, as it were, on social media, these are people that don't even know them very well. In fact, many friends people reach out to, they don't know them at all. And again, that's risky and dangerous, and it can leave people vulnerable. And hence, you know, why is coaching becoming so popular and prevalent? Well, one of the reasons is simply the needs of, 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 of people today um, are such that a coach can offer that resolve and that solution people need to try to lead and live their best life. Um, so why is coaching so important? Because of the world that we live in today. Um, in terms of um, what coaching is and looking at the different elements, I suppose, of coaching, I think there's broadly two types of coaching that we can consider. The first is uh, relatively uh, simple and straightforward, and it's traditionally called transactional coaching. It is, in essence, behavioural coaching. This is the type of coaching where we help another to change their behaviours. We cue and we prompt them to be reminded to do the things that they say they're going to do, and we reward them when we see them. Uh, we can use goal setting so people can actually be clear on what actions they need to take by when and can become more accountable. And this shows up well uh, in terms of, of personal training and fitness professionals to help their clients become more accountable. Uh, and it can show up well for ourselves to simply uh, set more clear targets for ourselves and an action plan um, to, to, to accomplish those things by or via. via. Um, but the other type of coaching is, is otherwise called transformative or transformation coaching. And this is the mindset coaching field. This is where... We can also acknowledge that whilst we can try and coach behaviours, another approach is to try and coach the person who needs to change those behaviours. In other words, we help people to shift their mindset. We help people to think fundamentally differently about, in this case, exercise and nutrition or whatever area in which you're, 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 you're wanting to help someone. And when we coach the person who's going to be making some behavioural change, that is very empowering. That means they can feel empowered as they do that to change any element of their life, to look at their life in a slightly broader perspective, to feel that someone's got their back and is helping them to address, to actually identify what does hold them back, what has held them back in the past. So not just trying to get them to make some changes and just focusing on smaller portion sizes or having protein in every meal or you know, trying to do those um, those sorts of behavioural changes uh, in their lives. What we're looking at is how can we help someone to identify things in their life, whether it's relationships in their life or the environment in which they have created for themselves or the fundamental ways in which they think about nutrition, food, uh, generally drink uh, and exercise. And this is mindset coaching. This is where we help someone to unleash the the potential that, that exists within them to to be able to make substantial and lasting changes to 
the way they choose to live their lives. And this is important because when change comes from the inside out, it's increasingly likely to be lasting and sustainable change that they therefore make. And therefore, I think one of the things that will help to clarify why I believe that coaching has the power that it has is the fundamental difference between a medical model of helping and a coaching-based model of helping someone. You see, when we look at therapists, physiotherapists, doctors, any traditionally trained person, they're trained as the expert. And the expertise that they have can actually be used to change another, the recipient of their expertise, as in the client or patient. And therefore, there is a power difference. The person in the position of power is the expert, the trained professional. And the person who is not in a position of power is the recipient of that expertise, the client or the patient. The trouble is this traditionally um, has shown up in, in terms of poor adherence to the advice that's been given. It shows up in terms of almost disempowerment because when an other is telling another what to do, there is a part of our brain, our unconscious mind, the limbic system that is designed to protect us. It's a threat detector uh, that doesn't like change because it sees change as a potential threat and therefore it's constantly screening environment to try and keep us within our comfort zones to keep us the same because it thinks same is safe. Um, and therefore often when people hear even well-intended advice, there's part of the brain that simply rejects that advice. And therefore we often see ourselves giving advice to others and getting frustrated because people don't follow the advice that we're giving um, or we've been given advice and we surprise ourselves because we just don't follow that good advice and it's fairly easy to understand and it's easy to understand because there is this gatekeeper of change this unconscious mind um, that is designed to keep us the same so when we're changing habits and behaviors it gets quite tricky which is why we need to create that change from the inside out because when we do that we don't have those threat mechanisms kicking in like we do when we try and change people from the outside in. So let's fundamentally talk about and the philosophy of coaching. Coaching is collaborative. So we don't take the approach when we're trying to help another, again, whether it's as a professional, like a fitness professional, or as a parent, or as a good friend. We don't take the approach that we know what's best because we don't. We really don't. What we know is what we've been taught, what science exists, what others have done to accomplish their success. And we can share that. We can share our experiences, experience of others that we've helped already, and good science. And we can empower someone by having direct access to um, that knowledge that we can therefore share. And that is a great use of our expertise. However, we should also recognize the expertise of the person we're trying to help. So we take it back to fitness, for example. The client is expert in themselves, in their life, in their lifestyle, in understanding and knowing the resources they currently have available to them through their friends and contacts, through the environment, through their experience. And therefore, when we actually take a expert, expert position, where we see ourselves as clearly being an expert because we have this knowledge that we wish to share, but we also see our client as an equal expert and we need both parties to 
to, to come to the table. We need both parties to be present. We need both parties to step up. What we see is the person is taking a much more proactive role in the process of change. And that expertise that they have is really important because when we see the context in which the nutrition or the exercise um, is going to fit, it helps both parties to work together to come up with the best possible way of implementing um, some good ideas. Not necessarily the best idea, because the best idea doesn't exist. The best idea is the one that actually works. And therefore, we find the best idea, the one that's most likely to work, through, collabor- through collaboration. This a co- collaborative approach is the one that empowers a person to change from the inside out. And that's the same whether you're a parent, that it's hard because, of course, we feel that we know best. We're so much older than the child, the son or the daughter that we're trying to help. We're so much more wiser. We are so much more intelligent. We've been there. We've been a child. We've grown up. And therefore, we surely know more than they about what's best for them. It's just that is a very disempowering approach to take. Instead, to actually draw out of that younger person what their interests are, what their take is on the thing that we're talking about, and to share the wisdom that we have and ask what that person makes of that and to engage them in the process that whilst it might be a slightly slower process, it's one that has a much better chance of working. It's the same for an employee and a employee and an employer. It's the same for a fitness professional and a client. It can be, if we choose, the same for a nurse and a patient or a doctor and a patient, that when we take the time to show interest and to draw out of someone, their expertise and the importance of their expertise in genuinely creating lasting long-term change, we get a much better result. I'm hoping as an insight that's that's of interest and useful in some way. Um, And over the coming episodes, I'll have to talk more about transactional, that behavioral type coaching and different things that we can do to to help others that work um, a lot of the time for a lot of the people and for you to try and find things that that might help, you know, in your situation with whomever you're trying to to assist, Um, whether you're a professional, whether you're someone that wants to use coaching in their everyday life. Um, I also want to spend some time looking at that mindset coaching, that transformative type coaching where we can really create some mindset shifts. We can really change the way that people think about themselves, think about the meaning of life, think about where they're really at in life and therefore can take whatever it is, a relational change, a career change, uh, changing their fitness, health and well-being in the context of a slightly greater picture and when we do that uh, we make such a big difference in people's lives and we'll spend more time in the episodes to follow you know talking about those things but what i thought might be interesting um is to perhaps talk a little bit about how i fell into coaching in the first place um i i set off in my career as an academic i went through university went on to do a master's degree in sports psychology and ended up working with athletes as i worked with athletes um I uh, engaged in the particular topic of understanding how talent develops, how you 
identify potential talent in a young athlete and how that talent can come out over a sustained period and how that shows up as um, people who win, people who become elite athletes and the process uh, that that occurs that differentiates those that make it and those that, that fall by the wayside. And that was, that was my area. As I moved from that, I ended up getting a position at Liverpool University as a full-time lecturer. Uh, I used to teach research methods and statistics and, of course, sport and exercise psychology. But my interest started to move towards exercise psychology quickly. And that was largely because head department, Professor Brodie, who worked in cardio rehabilitation, as I engaged with him and spoke about some of the things I was interested in and, and, and psychology in the main. Um, I ended up working in cardiac rehab with him and um, started uh, becoming fascinated with some of the statistics that were coming out of cardiac rehab programs, um, which was, even though it was a question of life or death, and literally was a question of life or death, uh, many people who had had a heart attack, who needed now to eat differently and to exercise regularly, uh, showed poor adherence and compliance with the program they were given. And people were given free 12-week programs and encouraged, therefore, thereafter to stay active and people struggled so we spoke about talking uh, profession talking about how if i was to apply the motivation interviewing that i had, I had gone through different courses in the area of motivation interviewing uh, a wonderful approach by rolnick and miller uh, to a style of communication that is designed to to bring out that expertise in other and to overcome uh, situations where people get stuck uh, and therefore we tried it we started putting in place people that would go through a trial they come and i would uh, spend time um, talking uh, with them about change about um, what they thought of making those lifestyle changes and using the expertise that i had about exercise and nutrition and the expertise they had about their circumstance and their and you know people in their life and their life uh, as it is uh, what sort of things they could change and that's what I started to do and as I started to do that um, that proved to be very successful I got very interested in the power of that coaching you know part of of, of being a, an exercise professional um, it was called exercise ca- counseling called motivational counseling at the time before the term coaching really became more popularized really from life coaching which is really in the last five or ten years has really come to to the forefront you know in its industry uh, and of course, over the years, because that was back in um, that was back in early two thousand nineteen ninety nine two thousand two thousand one ish, um, I um, I ended up getting quite frustrated because I was loving what I was doing. I was teaching people to graduate as uh, sports scientists, but then I couldn't see a career route for them. Um, and I fell into personal training. I was offered offered the chance to go and guest lecture on a personal training course at LAPT. Uh, in London and I did that and started really getting quite fascinated with this this disciplined personal training but how the, it needed a much more psycho- psychological and, and, and coaching based approach to the way it was you know doing what it did um, and I ended up becoming so excited with that I, 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 I left Liverpool University for three years I didn't finish my PhD I became a personal trainer and for the rest of my life, I've, I've been doing work in personal training. And I, I got to um, work at the, the Hilton and Regent Street in London. I got to open my own studio in Spain. Um, and I ended up going to Australia, working there for almost four years uh, as both a personal trainer, but really, you know, a, a fitness and motivation coach, really. Um, and then started teaching that 
uh, and teaching personal trainers to, to become personal trainers. In 2005, I opened the European Fitness, which is the, the company that, that I founded and, and run to this day, where we have um, personal trainers around the world um, who are trained as, as fitness coaches, uh, as well as certified personal trainers, to try and go and combat the, the many lifestyle diseases that, that are destroying um, the planet, that, that are causing such, such a, a widespread problem. Uh, and just speak up for a moment. And, you know, type two diabetes is pandemic. I mean, it is is so prevalent in so many countries around the world. Um, it's a it's a serious problem that that we're not getting ahead around. Um, still, the biggest killer of people today in the world is heart disease. Again, both of those two major problems are massively positively influenced by people making smarter food and drink choices and becoming more active and and adopting a more uh, active lifestyle but it's inherently difficult that despite advice and protocols and schemes and personal trainers uh, people in the main have not become more active are not eating significantly better and that's despite all the knowledge and information that we have today available to us in fact it's probably because of it that what people need to be able to change is to be able to change from the inside out. And that means they need a coach. That means they need someone to draw out from them what they really want, to get clear and to verbalise that out aloud so their own ears hear their voice speaking about where they want to be, to compare and contrast that, contrast that with where they currently find themselves and to start to plot a journey from A to B. And that's where the personal training bit comes in. Someone can train them correctly with the right technique for different um, resistance training exercises can help them to better understand the difference between healthy fats and less healthy fats, different types of carbohydrates, and the importance of protein, for example. So this is what the world needs, uh, and it's in crisis. And therefore, as I fell into um, coaching really in cardio rehab originally, as I then became a personal trainer, I couldn't help myself be quite a psychological-based trainer. You know, I'd always start with talking i wouldn't start with leg press or getting all sweaty i'd talk by i start by talking about why uh, what's brought you here today what is some of the reasons why you think you want to engage in a course of personal training or get some help with fitness um and that would inherently t- take us to talking about so how can you see that in the longer term future how does that show up what does it look like what does it feel like how does it possibly influence others why is this important now what would be the cost if you didn't fix this now? And therefore, we would talk about this clarity that people need about what they really want. We'd talk about what they've really got and we'd move forwards. Um, and I guess that's my sort of journey, really. Um, why today um, I, I, I do feel passionate about coaching. Uh, I think coaching has the power to become the world's most important profession and at a time where type 2 diabetes, still heart disease uh, and stress-related disorders are so prevalent, the importance of helping people to change from the inside out has never been greater. And therefore, there has never been a greater need for great coaches and for people to embrace the fundamentals of coaching in the way that they interact and help others around them. And therefore, I hope through this podcast, we'll get clear on what some of these things might be and how we can become better coaches, whether formally or informally. Um, 
there's a revolution occurring. Um, there's a, a guy called Paul Zane Pilzer, and in his book, The New, uh, the Wellness Revolution and the New Wellness Revolution, he talks about revolutions, surprisingly. And um, one of the things he talks about is in the year 1900, roughly, um, was the first time we mass-produced the automobile. And Henry Ford, uh, one of those key uh, forerunners, of course, that, that, that was responsible for that. And by the year 2000, just 100 years later, um, that transformed and revolutionized the world as we knew it. And what happened was the automobile industry became a multi-trillion dollar industry and changed the course of humankind. But he also talks about in the mid-80s where the home computer, the PC, uh, was first mass-produced. And, of course, the, the advent of the internet. Um, and in a short 10 years, you know, by the mid-90s, it had completely revolutionised the world. And a revolution has just recently occurred inside 10 years, what previously took 100. And that's the world today. And what he talks about is this new revolution that's occurring right now. And that revolution is around well-being and wellness. And you see, sickness has always been a major source of, of, of for money-making. That in the US, the health industry, otherwise the sickness industry, is the sixth largest economy. People make money out of people being sick. Um, but increasingly, people are making money out of people staying and getting well. And because of that, and because the truth is money makes the world go around, because now that is the... The, the, the drive that we're seeing, um, what we're going to see in the future is wellness becoming one of the largest and most significant industries the world has ever seen. And for me, at the heart of a wellness industry is coaching. Because without coaching, we're not likely going to get the results we could in terms of creating the mindset and the behavioral change that underpins getting a different result. At the end of the day, if you ask me what coaching really does for people is it helps people get clear about what the result is they truly want in their lives in any arena, but particularly in, of course, fitness and health. And when people get clear on the result they want, coaching also is the single most important aspect of helping someone to achieve that result. Why? Because you can't get that result from someone else. That that result comes from what you do when no one else is around. That result comes from the way you think, the way you consistently feel, and therefore how you act on a daily basis. And if we're going to change how people inherently think, feel, and act... We have to create change from the inside out. And that is what this podcast is all about. Thank you for tuning into this first episode. Um, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to bringing you many more in the weeks to follow.